Welcome to the Counting Stats Podcast. I'm MLB Content Director Lou Landers at drrodo.com. Check out our fantasy baseball draft guide. We have everything you'll need to win your leagues, to dominate your drafts all in one place. This is the third episode I'm doing on all the trades and free agent signings around Major League Baseball post-lockout. And this one is the most loaded of all the shows I've done so far. A lot has happened over the past few days, a flurry of moves. Let's just start in order of the uh, moves occurring. We'll start with Royals starting pitcher, former starting pitcher, now current starting pitcher, Zach Greinke, returning to where it all began for him. Won a Cy Young Award back in 2009 with the Royals before pitching for the Brewers, the Angels. He starred with the Dodgers for three seasons, signed a big contract to go to Arizona, pitched great in the desert before being traded to Houston in 2019 where he pitched great. Since then, things haven't been as good for Granke. The velocity has come down. That has led to a higher ERA, a lower K per nine. But going to the Royals does help his fantasy value a little bit. A pitcher's park and a weaker hitting division, arguably, than what he had in the AL West with all the improvements the AL West has made. But a nice move for the Royals, a nice move for Zach Granke. The Rockies, they sign third baseman Chris Bryant and the signing not making much sense from the Rockies standpoint really a year ago they traded away their franchise player and third baseman Nolan Arenado actually paid the Cardinals to take on Arenado's contract and then what do they do a year later they go out and spend 182 million dollars on a player at the same position let's not try to make sense of what the Rockies do because it can be very confusing at times might even give you a headache maybe even a serious migraine but Bryant is a good player, so let's take a look at the good. Goes to the best hitters ballpark in Major League Baseball. Even bad hitters tend to hit well in Coors Field. Chance to be a big-time fantasy asset. Also, with outfield eligibility in some places, might gain it as well this season. Don't be shocked if we see a 35-homer, 100-RBI, 95-runs, 300-batting average from Chris Bryant. A huge boost, as I mentioned, going to Coors Field. Keeping things in the NL West for a few transactions here. Jock Peterson, outfielder, signs with the Giants. Ballpark not ideal for left-handed power hitters unless your name is Barry Bonds, but Jock Peterson does have big-time power, has always hit very well against right-handed pitching, meaning he'll likely be on the strong side of a platoon with the Giants this season. See anywhere from 400 to 500 at-bats. Giants are a good lineup. Primary left-handed lineup, though, which does make the signing a bit odd. Peterson likely to hit in the 6th or 7th spot in the order and see a lot of time at DH, but a nice move for Peterson and the Giants. Dodgers signed one of the biggest fishes out there, first baseman Freddie Freeman with the Olsen trade to Atlanta. The Yankees signing Anthony Rizzo with the Jays trading for Matt Chapman. All of a sudden, the Dodgers seem like the most logical landing spot for Freeman, and that's exactly what happened. The rich get richer, and Freeman, a superstar hitter, joins a superstar lineup. Doesn't change his value at all. Already a top 15 player in fantasy was previously on a great team and in a great lineup with the Braves. Now he's going to hit in the middle of a fantastic lineup and likely contend for NL MVP honors with the Los Angeles Dodgers. San Francisco Giants signed starting pitcher Matt Boyd, and it's a very nice low-risk signing 
for the Giants. Boyd recovering from a torn flexor tendon that he suffered at the end of last season is expected to be ready to pitch sometime in June. And at times, Boyd has been an SP2 caliber pitcher. This move to San Francisco is going to give him an opportunity to pitch in a great ballpark for a great team and possibly regain that value. If your league has IR spots, Boyd worth a late round flyer so you can stash him until he's ready to go. St. Louis Cardinals sign outfielder Corey Dickerson. Good signing. Cardinals pretty right-handed heavy lineup, so Dickerson being a lefty makes him a very nice fit. Should see time at DH most of the time, the odd time in the outfield. Great success throughout his career versus right-handed pitching, so he is a strong platoon candidate. Chicago Cubs signed infielder Jonathan Villar. Good move for VR and his fantasy outlook for sure. He should find regular at-bats at multiple infield positions for the Cubbies. He has 15 to 20 home run power. Best asset, of course, is his speed. He's a former 40 stolen base player and with enough at-bats, probably can get you anywhere from 15 to 25 stolen bases. Current Cub second baseman Nick Madrigal recovering from a hamstring surgery. A good chance that VR seems a lot of his time at second base, at least early on, while Madrigal gets back to 100%, but they'll move VR around, and those at-bats will lead to, at the least, I think a 15-15 season. Has some good fantasy value there for sure. Dodgers signed starting pitcher Danny Duffy. Duffy was traded to the Dodgers last season at the deadline from the Royals. Never threw a pitch for them, though. He was having an excellent season in Kansas City prior to his injury and prior to the trade, but then, of course, could never take the mound for the Dodgers, suffering a setback in his recovery from a flexor strain. Signing gives him a chance for fantasy relevance again. Got to be healthy enough to pitch, though. Worth a dart throw late in your deeper leagues. Provides nice depth for the Dodgers in the back end of their rotation, so a nice move there. Yankees trade first baseman Luke Voigt to the San Diego Padres. And this is about as big a boost as you can get for a fantasy player. Voigt was going so late in drafts, clearly going to be blocked at one point by just DJ LeMahieu. Then Anthony Rizzo signing, he was completely blocked. There was nowhere for him to bat with the Yankees, not even DH because of all the big bodies they already have with the Judge and the Stanton and wanting to get Donaldson off his feet. So Padres get him, and after losing the power bat of Tatis Jr., Padres really needed to add some power in the middle of their lineup. Certainly, they play different positions. Uh, Voight at first, of course, and Tatis is a shortstop, but Voight fills the power void left in the Padres lineup. Yankees get starting pitcher Justin Lang, who was the number 34 overall pick in the 2020 draft. It's a solid baseball trade and certainly, again, a big boost to Luke Voight. Lang not expected to see the majors anytime soon and might even be used in a trade at some point if he can get off to a good start in the minors. Not so great of a pro uh, debut so far for the Padres, but new season can bring new things for Mr. Lang. The Tigers add some depth in their rotation signing starting pitcher Michael Pineda. Pineda has been injury prone for years. When he pitches, though, well above average. He's been in the AL Central for years with the Twins, so there's not a big adjustment needed here. Goes to a big ballpark, which should benefit him considering he throws a lot of strikes. Doesn't miss a ton of bats. Again, providing the Tigers depth in their rotation, low cost, and can certainly be depth for your fantasy rotation as well. You can take him as an SP6, SP7, uh, maybe even SP8 if you're in a shallower league. Braves signed relief 
pitcher Kenley Jansen. And the signing likely means the end of Will Smith being the closer for the Braves, therefore having little to no value in fantasy. What it does do, though, lengthen the Braves' bullpen, gives them one of the best closers in baseball in Kenley Jansen from over the past decade. Jansen recorded an elite strikeout percentage last year, had an ERA in the low twos, and although he is leaving the impressive Dodgers ball club he's going to the reigning world champions and if healthy this is a guy that's a lock for 30 plus saves you're getting him at a pretty decent discount in your drafts before he signed expect the ADP to fly up now Nicholas Castellanos outfielder signs with the Philadelphia Phillies going to a good ballpark and a really good lineup Phillies added a another big time bat just days ago with Kyle Schwarber now they add Castellanos too and this lineup looks like it could be one of the best in the National League now. Castellano should be in the middle of the order, somewhere between the two and the five spot. No matter where he hits, there's going to be superstars around him. You can look at him to be a 280 or so hitter, 28 to 32 homers, 85 to 100 RBIs. Big time producer in a really nice lineup. Well done by the Phillies might be thinking, oh, well, Philly's defense is going to be pretty terrible with Schwarber and Castellanos in it. Those guys aren't going to be in the outfield at the same time unless there's a ton of injuries. One will DH and one will play the outfield uh, with Odebel Herrera and Bryce Harper covering the other two spots. Carlos Correa finally finds a home. He signs not with the expected teams, though. He signs with the Minnesota Twins, certainly a shocker for sure. Uh, coming into the offseason, even going into the lockout, the Twins look to be basement dwellers, sellers. And then a couple of weeks ago, they started making all these moves. They added an SP1 with Sonny Gray. They cleared cap space to bring in Gary Sanchez and Gio Urshela while shipping off Josh Donaldson. And now they signed one of the biggest names on the free agent market, Correa, an elite talent whose only issue really at times has been his health. Value might take a slight hit because Houston was definitely a better lineup and home ballpark for him, but the Twins have a pretty good lineup of their own. Decent ballpark. ADP should remain the same for Correa. Luis Arias is likely to lose playing time in the infield with this signing. Correa has a three-year deal. There's opt-outs after season one and season two. So depending on how he performs and how the Twins perform, uh, Correa might be back on the open market really next season. Uh, another thing to consider here with this signing is Twins clearly all in. They now have kind of a log jam in certain spots. Juan Miranda, a nice offensive prospect, could be on the move. Larnick could be on the move. Maybe even the aforementioned Arias could be on the move. Twins looking for pitching. A's looking for young, controllable hitters. That's certainly what you could get in Miranda and Larnick. So don't be surprised if the Twins strike a deal with the Oakland A's in the coming uh, hours, days, whatever it might be for one of Frankie Montas or Sean Manaya, who are both on the block. As you know, Oakland has been a complete fire sale. Uh, Twins looking like a competitive team. I don't think anyone in the Central is going to catch the White Sox, but there's certainly a great battle between the Royals, Tigers, Twins, and Guardians for second spot in that division. And who knows, maybe even an outside chance at a wild card spot, although lots of competition there as well. This will wrap up all the big news from around the league. It's around 1 p.m., 1.15 Eastern time right now. So anything that happens after that, uh, clearly not part of the show. So if something does happen and you're listening later or the next day, 
don't be like, ah, Lou, you missed this, you missed that, because it's not that I missed it. I'm just recording here Saturday early afternoon. This has been the Counting Stats Podcast brought to you by DrRoto.com. Go check out our fantasy baseball draft guide. Everything you need to win your leagues, everything you need to dominate your drafts, found all in one spot. So please go support all the great writers and contributors to that draft guide. Counting Stats Podcast, Lou Landers, and I'll catch you next time.